Today's Movie Lovers United's podcast episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We decided to partner up with BetterHelp because we know that therapy can help save lives, as well as help with mental health. And BetterHelp will help you find the right therapist for you, without waiting in a doctor's office. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Movie Lovers Unite. Listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. That's BetterHelp.com slash MovieLoversUnite. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For tonight's podcast episode, I have the Boston Badass Paige with me. Say hello to everybody. Hey, man. I'm so excited to talk to you about this movie. I mean, we're a week late from Friday the 13th, but that's why I thought this was the perfect movie to talk about. To I agree. commemorate that day, so. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, this movie came out in 2009. It had a $19 million budget, which is actually perfect for a small, you know, horror film for this kind of stature. Yeah, they should all be made. Small budgets make it. Oh. And they made bank. That's this movie made some bank. Oh, it did. Yeah. Opening weekend, I think it made like $40 million. I've, yeah. I've said that for so long. Small budgets make you have to be more creative, I feel like. And mm -hmm. this film, like, does it. It they definitely, uses the budget very yeah. wisely, I think. I think so, too. Because here's the thing. When you look at big budgets like $250 million, for example, Batman versus Superman, um, usually it takes about three weeks to make your money back versus going on ahead, making a smaller film, and you can make your money back within a week or two, and uh, about a week, and you're good right. to go. Or a weekend sometimes, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Smaller films make good for good budgets, use your imagination. And you can even improvise here and there, too, if you're a director trying to meet its uh, budgets of, as well. But, you know, the Rotten Tomato score is just, you know, really bad. Yes, I know. I'm so glad we're talking about this because, yeah, like, bonkers. Even the audience score is, like, so low. And it, like, made me think. I was just like, may maybe this movie, I don't know. I feel like if this movie came out, like, just on the rise of Fair Street right now, I feel like if this movie maybe came out now and went to like a streaming service like Netflix or something, I think it would have such a huge impact. Because I don't think people were ready for this remake when it came out because it plays with the tropes so nicely of the original. It To me, this film is like the first three Friday the 13th. It combines like the first three films together, which is just like so awesome. So I feel like these people weren't ready for this movie because... I mean, obviously, people were because it made a lot of right. money, but, like, we never got, like, a sequel after. And I know we can kind of go into details about that because I know there's, like, legal issues going on right now with, like, 
like Blumhouse wanting to buy it and stuff like that. But right, and but also too, it, yeah, well, it just oh, sorry, it's just no, bonkers no, it's cool. to me that like, how do people critique this movie so poorly? Because it plays on all the right strings. It pulls on all the right strings. I think for me, as like a horror lover, this does everything right. It plays with the the goriness and like Jason himself. Like it just plays all the right tones and hits all the right beats and everything. And I just, I'm I'm really, and it has all like the stupid stereotypes of like characters. And I think like that's what's fun about it. I just, people, people critique this movie way too hard, I think is the issue. Yes. And here's the thing. I'm okay with giving characters layers to the characters as long as it benefits that universe that they're, the director is trying to create, right? But with this one, you have to be simplistic with it. You don't have to have layers to your survivors. All they have to do is try to survive. That's the goal. It's for them, for, for them to actually survive the night with Jason and hopefully they don't get killed. That's the bottom line. You yeah. don't, and that's so, like I said before, it's simplistic. It's perfect. And exactly. In and, way. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's not like Halloween with Michael Myers that that story tremendously follows Lori Strode. Like that that has more of a deeper meaning behind all that because her brother, or I guess the now in the remakes, they don't consider them like related or anything. But like her being haunted, like it was always her trying to survive. These Friday the 13th films were just like, watch how this horrible situation happened to this boy and his mother and now him trying to get revenge on teenagers pretty much and that's what i enjoy about these movies these are just like slasher movies at its finest definitely and there's always the douchebag guy that always gets the worst at the end and everything (laughs) too which this guy deserved to get killed at the end but especially okay can we talk about him so his character i found this out today his character trent trent no trent yeah yeah trent trent that's his name he his character is the same character from the 2007 transformers Really? Yeah. Like, so if you want, if you, because Michael Bay produced this film, right. obviously Michael Bay did Transformers, but if you go back to like that IMDb, like his character name is Trent and, and that came out in 2007 and this came out in 2009. So it's gotta be the same character, I think, just like following. And he plays all the right like tones of that character. So I think it just like works out so perfectly. I mean, that could just be me like fan theorying, but I had someone tell me that and I kind of looked into it and I was like, okay, okay. This it kind of connects the dots. It, it kind of connects the dots though, if you think about it though. But you know, what I here's the thing that Trent is very is very much a douchebag. Not only that, but he's one of those characters that you hope that he gets the axe at the end or something that, that oh, winds yeah. up happening. And when it happens, it's just great to actually see him get his end because the way he treats the guy who's looking for his sister. Then you also have the whole entire thing about how he's treating his friends. This, yeah. And then also, too. And he cheats on his girlfriend. And I feel like they don't talk about that at all in this film, which is totally fine because this movie is not. I'm glad they didn't go on that. Like, like she's not upset. Like, oh my God, you just cheated on me. Like, no, we're about to die real quick. So let's just worry about that real quick. So I'm glad they didn't focus right. on that. But exactly. Like, every character played that uh, horror, like, stereotype. Like, he was the asshole. The blonde surfer hair dude was, like, the cocky, like, jock kind of. Right. Uh, 
Then you have the stoner. Uh, basically, you have, you, just you, have, you have the stoner, and <laughs> and in every horror movie, they always try to make it like a stereotype, like the one black guy. Like right. so, and you have that, and then you have like the ditzy chicks, and then you have like the one smart girl, and then you have the one sensitive nice guy. Like they they played these like tropes so perfectly, and that's what makes me enjoy the movie so much more. Because like that's what like Scream did so nicely. Like all these great classic like cult f- horror films can make fun of themselves. Exactly. Like, I think that's what like like this film story. does so like greatly that it's not taking itself too serious. And I think that's why this is a great remake. I definitely agree with you. And here's the thing: I remember going opening night on a midnight showing of this. And this is back when midnight showings was at its peak and everything. And I remember whole audience being wild with the introduction to how they actually brought it together. 20 minutes into it, you get the whole entire logo and everything of Friday the 13th, 20 minutes into the movie, not at the very start of it. Mm -hmm. The very start of it actually has the whole entire plot line where basically you want, you already know what winds up happening pretty much. My uh, Jason's mother winds up getting her head chopped off by the camp counselor. Then after that, it goes into the whole entire thing of present day after the 19th. And of course, they set it up in the 80s versus the 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But still, the way they did the timeline was perfect for a generation of 2009 and people that were born in the 80s. So the way they can enjoy it. But, you know, what I liked about this was you get first you come out with this other camp these other people that are just there camping and everything, having a good time looking for weed. I always said this. <laughs> I said, Jason's just pissed right? off because you were smoking his weed. That's why he went on this. Dude, he, <laughs> Jason is definitely a huge stoner because who else is growing that pot? Exactly. That's exactly. definitely what must be keeping him sane. I'm, that's, that's just my conclusion with this whole thing. But yeah, no, for me, I love that this film has like two cold opens. It gives you the quick like recap of what happened in the 80s of Jason's mom killing the camp camp counselors that made her like didn't help her son who got who drowned, which was Jason, and the girl that survived and beheaded uh, the mother, and then it's Jason going out for his revenge, and then we get this awesome cold open too with all these characters that you're just like, all right, these are the kids we're gonna be following, and nope, within ten minutes you're like, wait, what if? what is the story really entailing right now? Kind of in a sense. And I just, I loved that. That's what, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> I definitely agree with you on that though. I mean, it sucks you in and I have to agree. Jason Voorhees will always be a classic Nessa. I do agree with you on that. Uh, but yeah, here's the thing. You're thinking that you're going to be stuck with these kids for the whole hour and a half of this movie and everything. And it's completely the opposite direction of it. And it's shot mm. beautifully and everything too. You don't know where it's actually going. Then once it gets there, that's when you're sold on it. Yes. No, I loved the cinematography they used in it. The whole creepiness vibe of uh, Camp Crystal. I just, oh, I, when I was younger, I watched horror movies way too young. And I remember watching Sleepaway Camp when I was like 12 or 13. And like, that was like really like what did it for me. Like, I love these like campy horror films, especially horror films that are filmed on a campsite <laughs> like the woods can just get you every time if you're in the dark woods anyone can make a film one and two it's just if you can make it well and i feel like these friday the 13th movies especially this one i feel like hits all the right tones and beats 
it hits all the right tones, all the right beats. The comedy aspect into it wasn't forced at all with the first set of characters. Then I also like Sister Christian playing as the guy is walking off and he goes, uh, may the force be with your schlong. And he Yes, I thought that was, <laughs> I was wearing my Star Wars shirt today. So I was like, that's as perfect. They're making a Star Wars joke and a Spaceballs joke. Like it just, it was just so awesome because I was just like, they weren't afraid to like make fun of themselves in this film. Exactly. Like, and they didn't take themselves so serious that like, I was just like, wait, they're really, right now this camping trip is starting them out literally looking for weed. Like they're exactly. going to look for a pot from. I was like, okay, this is definitely a different take than you would expect on this film. That's for damn sure. And then everything starts happening with the stereotypes of, mm -hmm. I've always said this. If you're having, if, <laughs> if you're in a horror movie and you see someone having, if you're watching a horror movie and you see someone having sex, they're going bye-bye. Like, sex, there's nothing drugs, you can do. Anything that you can think of, they're gonna die because that's who they. Exactly. That's they say happen. it and scream so perfectly. Like, if you're at a party, if you're drinking alcohol, if you're having sex, you're doing drugs. Things are not gonna go your way. No. <laughs> and you know what though. I like the fact that they have that iconic scene where he puts the girl in the sleeping bag and everything. Instead of him slamming her against the tree like he normally does or whatever, what they do instead is they hang her upside down in a sleeping bag with the fire going underneath it, burning her alive. And then you also have the boyfriend who can't do anything because of the fact that he's caught in a bear trap. And then you also have this other thing that's going on with the other encounter with the boyfriend and the girlfriend. And everything and yeah, you know when they go into that cabin part i'm like oh my god this is not gonna be good for them Especially oh yeah because, once they yeah once they yeah. went in there i was like oh this is bad news bear but that's what i liked about this film too it kind of took the kills a little bit differently i don't know i feel like this film made jason a little bit smarter i mean mm -hmm. you can just tell like jason's like in all the other films jason moves slowly like, like and this one was fast yeah. he's kind of smart i guess the weed helped him i don't know you think it would have the opposite effect but it did not on him so exactly and you know what though i like how they use the underground tunnel to actually explain about how he is able to get around fast because remember in the 70s mm -hmm. we're like how in the hell does he get there that fast there's no yeah. way that he can get there that fast or anything like that right so now they're showing us, explaining to us how he actually gets there in that timing. And then also, too, I like how they go into the whole mythology of Jason, where you see the the bed that Jason used to sleep on as a kid. And then it, they, the guy shines the light on inside that cabin. And then he pulls, reaches in, in this hole and pulls out a head and he drops it. And then as soon as he drops it, there's a shadow underneath the door. But then... What you wind up seeing after that, you wind up seeing the machete blade go up from underneath mm -hmm. the uh, thing. I'm like, okay, Michael Bay producing this film was the right way to go about it with Platinum Dooms because they know oh, how yes. to make a horror movie like this. Oh, 100%. And yeah, one, I always think, I mean, maybe it's because I've seen too many horror movies. I don't know. But just in general, I ain't sticking my hand in any dark hole in a wall. Same. No way. And if I'm with someone that's gonna, I'm walking away because bad things happen like that. <laughs> like I'm when like, you do stupid out, stuff like peace that. Out. <laughs> exactly. But no, oh my god, that scene, I the kills in this like uh, film, and especially the opening, like him jamming the machete through the floor. And obviously you could tell he had different uh oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh like 
kind of like trap well, traps yeah i guess yeah you have different traps set up like how you notice when they're and this is like we'll get to this but like when they're running in the woods and they run into the wire and the bells ring down below like he definitely there was definitely something in the house that he knew that they were there and like he set up the bear traps like he knew what he was doing and i feel like jason is so smart in this film that it just makes the film roll and smooth so much better because it start, it makes more sense like mm-hmm. he knows where they are at all times because he's he knows that whole entire camp he's been, yeah. he's been at that camp since he was a kid so he knows that whole entire layout so if anyone can set traps where they need to be at it's jason exactly and also too you know i know i mentioned the whole entire thing where the kid is in the trap and everything and then after that you wind up seeing the boyfriend too being dragged from underneath the cabin and everything and then the girl runs out and then she's witnessing her friend that just died checking her pulse i'm like look she's dead she's not coming back you need to go on ahead get the dude out of the trap (laughs) but my main thing that i had a question about was this now jason doesn't give two f's about anything right he'll kill you if no matter what now when he sees that whole entire thing the uh thing with the heart yeah the locket yeah the locket and he sees her and now he thinks that's his mom my, my first thought was this. Would Jason go in ahead and kill her anyways? Or would... I, I mean, I, I was thinking that maybe he might actually just kill her because he just doesn't care. And that's what I... Well, I remember, like, so I watched this today for the first time and, like, since, like, probably 2009, 2010. And I remember watching it today, like, like it kind of, like, the scene, like, goes to black when he raises the machete and he's about to, like, kill her. So I honestly thought, I was like, wait, maybe they do all just die right now and it's going to pick up. But then obviously I remember like the whole storyline of the brother looking for his lost sister or missing sister, I should say. Um, but for me, I, there's that little scene though, when they're in that cabin that the girl and her boyfriend and he, when they pick up the locket and he's like, Oh, that looks like you. She's like, no, it doesn't. I thought that was like just a little nice touch because it made sense why Jason was so close to his mother. And I think that, that resemblance, like, clicked in his head kind of in a sense that like i need to keep it like you're mine you're my possession now i can see that because that that actually makes sense now if you think about it because i was like okay would he actually kill her anyways or not and then the resemblance of her looking like his mother and everything too i could actually see that now now that it actually does make sense yeah i think he would actually honestly i don't think if she i don't think if she ever escaped that spoiler alert till we get to the end sorry guys (laughs) um that she would have been down there forever and i don't think he ever would have killed her i think she would have turned to a corpse and he would have kept her corpse because he would have just taken that resemblance as his mom right and god knows what he would actually think he would probably think that his own mother is telling him what to do from the grave just like how he normally does yeah and that corpse is his mother but you know but then we get into the introduction to the new characters that we have and the thing that makes me laugh is I remember going to the theater, like I said, and the funny thing is I remember these other two black people that were next to me. And as soon as the Asian kid comes out, oh, hell no, he's going to die first. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden the black dude comes out and they're like, oh, no, he's going to die first. <laughs> so it was like a bet as to who was going to die first. It's, just, then, it's horrible. But like, I mean, they even make jokes. They make jokes about it in horror movies, though, which like sucks because I'm glad now that we're like in the 21st century that like, we don't have to make those like jokes anymore unless they want to be like so cliche. But like they make those jokes that like the diversity character dies first. Like 
I think it's in definitely like one of the scary movies or something like that. Like the black dude's like, I'm the only black guy at the party. I, like you can't be here or like one of us is going to die now, like, or something right. like that. And it's just like, when you see that, I'm, and I'm glad they weren't. And that was like the one stereotype that I actually liked that they changed that they weren't the first to die. It was the couple on the boat. Right. And of I the new characters. Right. And I love the way they went out though, to be honest with you. I, I definitely liked how that happened, but I'm not going to go see, we're not going to go scene by scene or anything like that. We're just going to yeah. talk about the kills. We're going to talk about all that other stuff, but you know, then this is where I was talking about the douchey guy, the douchebag Trent on what I mean by the fact that he's a douchebag. And the whole fact is you have this, the Asian kid from uh, Disturbia, Disturbia is in this yeah. movie. And you know, he's, he's making wise jokes and everything. He's just hilarious. I love him in just about anything I see him in. Yes, same. He's and, like such a good, uh, uh, the word I'm thinking of, I can't like think of. But like the the characters that he plays, I feel like he just plays them so spot on. He does. He really does. It's like improv, to think about it. Yes, that's what it feels like, it. and I love it. And he goes, well, what are you going to do with those condoms? I'm going to get laid. That's what I'm hoping. He goes, well, <laughs> I'm not paying for your stuff. Because he had Fritos, he had uh, Funyuns, <laughs> he had all the other stuff that we would actually get. And tr- and he goes, well, you don't have none of this stuff at your house or anything like that. So he winds up getting some, ga- uh, he winds up paying for gas and two waters. Then, of course, then you actually have the guy coming in to look for his sister. And then that's, of course, when uh, basically the gas uh, attendant doesn't want to even hang up the picture of the sister or whatever. And then here comes Trent. He goes, hey, can you move aside? I need to pay for my stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're going to die. Yep. <laughs> right away. And I, what I really liked about, like, my favorite character in this film was definitely, like, hands down, obviously, besides Jason Voorhees, was uh, Jared, I'm going to say his last name wrong, Petaliki, Petalaki, um, the guy from Supernatural. Okay. Uh I I liked his character a lot because he was like the innocent guy, but he was like trying to like do the right thing, like finding his sister. And he, but he didn't play off as like I'm the bad boy looking for my sister. Mm-hmm. Like, like I liked his character a lot because he was literally just like I'm on the search for my missing sister. Anyone want to help? Let me know. Kind of in a sense, and no one would help him or kind of believe him with the situation that was occurring. And then when you have like him meeting the assholes, it just it makes it all work because obviously later on, like a couple of scenes later, they he meets up with them at their cabin because he accidentally just goes there to pass on a missing person's form, and it's that house. So it, it, the tropes play so perfectly for why he ends up at that house and having to deal with those assholes. Exactly, and you know, I also have to say this though too. Then. You know, I like the innocence to the brother, to be honest with you. He's just an innocent dude trying to be the best brother that he can be. Mm-hmm. And then you have this cop who knows what's going on in that town. That's what I like about it. The guy is not playing like the sheriff's not playing the douchebag. He's actually the guy who's just there to actually put some peace into the town to where people I, are and not I actually like that too. Yeah. I really did like that he didn't play the asshole cop because I remember seeing the scene when he gets pulled over. I was like, oh, douchey it douchey cop but no he was just like you said he's just trying to like keep everyone at peace kind of in a sense because like you said thousands of people go missing all the time like 
it and, sucks, but it happens. Like, and sometimes when there's no evidence, there's nothing you can do. You can try your hardest, but exactly. But also, too, I liked how we also said you can do what all the other families are doing, go somewhere else. I'm like, okay, so therefore you do have a problem, but you don't want to admit that you have a problem. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah, right. And let's be honest, obviously, stuff was happening at Crystal Lake. For many, many years, for the last, what, 20 to 30 years. So he was having those issues for quite a while, I think, that he was just like, all right, well, it can't be the supernatural. So we're just going to just assume it's got to be something else. We just all have bad luck or something like that in this town. Exactly. And uh, Nessa, yeah, you're definitely right. He would have been the kind of brother that anyone would be lucky to have. Uh, hey, Brandy, how you doing? Uh, but yeah. You know, I think that it's too cliche to have a cop that's the douchebag cop that knows what's going on. Like, you need to get out of my town. This town is not big enough for the both of us. Have mm -hmm. like a Clint Eastwood kind of cop. Yeah, you don't like, need to have that. My work. Like he did. Right. Like I like that. Yeah. Me too. And then also too, you also have the creepy. You have there. You always have a creepy person in a small town, and that's exactly who this other guy that uh, the brother runs into. Yeah. And everything, and basically. He's over there. He goes, are you stealing my gasoline? He's like, no, I'm just here to give you this poster of my sister. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I also liked when he like runs into like that, that older, I believe it was an older woman. I can't remember off the top of my head, but she's like, yeah, everyone dies. Woman. Yeah. Like everyone dies. And so funny, the guy that directed this film, do you know what other horror movie remake that he directed? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. And that scene really, I don't know why, reminded me a lot of that 2003 film. So I was just you like, I really looked it up afterwards and I was just like on IMDb and I was like, wait a minute. Like, it really, they are kind of like similar. I don't know. That scene just made me remind it a lot. And I was like, this guy is pretty good at horror remakes, I must say. Even though they don't get rated the highest, but. No, no, definitely not. But now that you mention it, that scene with the blade with the machete going through the mm -hmm. boards. It had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of feel to it, especially when the chainsaw from underneath the house. And yes, like, exactly. Yeah, so, that's really what made me think like the house is the maze, kind of in a sense. Like, right. yeah, so, nope. Yeah. I, I give this director a lot of kudos, and he hasn't really done much since. And they should, Blumhouse should team up with him because I, I definitely think he, agree. I think he, he does a pretty good job with not taking the taking the film so serious and i feel like that's like like for example uh, i mean kind of like the like the remake of nightmare on elm street i feel like kind of took itself too seriously or um even like the rob zombie like friday i mean halloween films i feel like like it's either you like gotta like one. yeah like you gotta play with you got to play with what you're given from the past, kind of, in a sense. And I feel like that's what this film did, like, so nicely that, for me, it, like I said earlier, I feel like it combines the first three films together. We get to see, I think it's so cool, we get to see Jason in the, like, potato bag mask. And we also get to see him in the hockey mask. So, like, yep. we're getting so much in this film that I'm like, did no, how do people... How do people score this movie so poorly? Like we're getting so much like nostalgia in it. Like what like did that just go over everyone's head? I don't know. But like re-watching it today, I was just like, this is just hitting everything for me right now. And I'm just it's a fun watch. 
because it's not like like the kills are definitely gory as hell and i'm not a blood person but i i enjoy a nice kill like something different and unique and that's what this film gave us like it wasn't just jason moving slowly in the woods like hacking everybody off like like you said earlier when he had the girl tied in the sleeping bag above a fire like the bow and arrow thing. I was like, wouldn't this yeah, let's learn how to that. shoot one? Like, yeah, let's talk about that now. The bow and arrow scene was just straight out of left field. No yes, I did not see that coming at all. Like, they're enjoying the boat ride and everything. She's topless, screaming, doing her jet boat. That's I really know. good at wakeboarding. Like, not, right. not playing like a ditzy girl can be good at it because right. anyone can be good at wakeboarding. I mean, I've never right. tried it, so I probably would be terrible. But I'm like, this girl can do a topless and hit waves and get air. I have no issues at all. <laughs> like, exactly. And then the dude is over there trying to do the boat. And he's over there just watching her the whole time. I'm like, dude, you're going to crash into something. You need That's a- what I thought was going to happen. I was like, dude, this dude's just going to hit something or like hit someone. Like in the right. words. And he's going to be like, oh gosh. But like, I'm glad it likes this movie is like, is like hour and a half of like straight to the point. It and is. that's what I liked about this movie because it could have just been like he hits another boat or he hits someone in the water and he's like, oh, my God, like, what are we going to do? It doesn't and then, become but, cliche. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then but no, it's just like, let's enjoy our fun time at the lake, a.k.a. dumb motherfuckers. Did you guys not read the news or look at newspapers or anything from the last 30 years that maybe you shouldn't go to Camp Crystal Lake? I don't know. But um. <laughs> That's why I think it's always very important to do some uh, brush up on where you'll be visiting if you go on vacation. <laughs> Definitely. Never camp at Camp Crystal Lake. Yes. And Nina, Nessa, I do agree with you. Makes me want to play Dead by Daylight. I love that game to death. Yeah, is that, the, is that yeah. the Friday the 13th game? No. Uh, matter of fact, oh. Dead by Daylight, you get a choice of playing Survivor or you can play the killer. So basically, oh, that's they have, pretty fucking cool. And you know what's really cool though? You have it, the whole entire thing is you have to start off four generators or five generators before the killer can kill you. Oh. And you're allowed three times to uh, get off the hook. Someone has to save you at least three times. But the cool thing is the developers keep on changing the rules every single time because it's an online game. So you can actually, so as they're changing up the rules and everything, they're adding in new stuff, taking away some new stuff. They got uh, Michael Myers in it. They got some OC killers in there. They've got... Uh, Dude, this game sounds so fucking cool. Does it still exist? Yeah, it still does. I still play I, it. I, like, I'm not like a video game person yeah. at all, but I feel like I might have to because this game sounds so fucking cool. I love, I love it. I love video games that you can watch like gameplay on. Like, maybe call me a nerd all you fucking want. But I, uh, what was that? That's, is it The Last of Us? Yeah. The that Last new of game us. that's getting remade right now. I watched like nine hours of that gameplay to see the storyline for that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't play the game. I just watched it all happen. Um, someone else played it. And same with uh, the Friday the 13th video game that came out. Like, yeah. I don't know when, probably like five, six years ago. I don't even know. Uh, 2016 or 17. Yeah, something like that. But I've been watching like the gameplay for that. And I was like, this shit is cool. Like, it just makes me like feel like I'm just like watching like a story play out instead of like just playing like a cliche video game. 
So I don't know. I I like games like that. So now I'm gonna have to. I actually want to play this one though now because you get to be the survivor or the killer. I think that's pretty right. Cool. And yeah, Brandy don't play ga- uh, video games either or anything like that. I'm the I'm pretty much the gamer. But <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, this game is actually pretty awesome. The matter of fact, the maps and stuff like that for the downloadable content is actually really cheap. It's like six or seven bucks to download oh, wow. some of these characters. You have the pig from Saw. You have a killer called the trapper where he lays down different bear traps. You have um, the huntress, you have a whole bunch of catalog of killers. Now they are getting rid of the stranger things map and stuff like that because they haven't worked out the deal with Netflix on it, but people are trying to fight to have it, keep it. But they also have the resident evil map that just dropped, which like 13 bucks. That was like the highest uh, map for downloadable content. And I didn't even pick that one up because of how high the price is. And everything dude um, i'm like so interested in this now i'm like gonna have to download this also because i feel like so i'm like such a nerd i randomly will sometimes like think of like a movie idea and i'm like Ooh, i'm just gonna like write down like random thoughts of it like what could work out i feel like i'm gonna watch this game and like steal all of its like horror tropes like you just said like the trapper that puts bear traps everywhere <laughs> like and then i'm gonna get sued for a lot of money if right. i ever become famous from it which i probably won't but <laughs> Um, that's what I wanted to know. What YouTuber do you watch for gameplays? For me, it's Markiplier. I honestly do not know. I will just like look it up and I can't remember who it was. Maybe it's that same person. I have no idea. But I would literally just like look up and like, I would like go through a couple of them. Like it wouldn't just be like one. I'd be like, I'm going to watch this one every time. Because it was kind of just like them not even explaining anything. It's just laid them just playing. Which is like... So I, I don't know, honestly, who it was or anything like that. I just click on sometimes random videos, which I shouldn't because I should remember people because people put a lot of hard work in for these videos. So I should they remember do. Them. Really So do. I apologize for not remembering you guys' awesome YouTube videos, but I will. But I remember this one, so... <laughs> right, there you go. But... <laughs> You know, back over to this, then, you know how we talked about the arrow going through the guy's head and everything. The other cool thing, Kill, was, okay, after that happens, the boat comes back around and hits her upside the head. Oh, yeah. Knocks her out. Next thing you know it, she sees Jason in the mask, and then he disappears. And then she decides to hide underneath the uh, dock and everything. Yeah, and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that, and I was just like, I mean, obviously, they don't know who Jason is. Well, besides, like, yeah, no, they don't know who Jason is. And so my thought in my head was just like, oh, just stay in the water, chick. Just stay in the water because he won't, he drowns. He won't go in the water. Like, (laughs) but I was like, and then when she swam towards the dock, I was like, don't get on the dock. Don't be close to shallow water. And what did she do? (laughs) But she played it smart, kind of, because she was like, I'm going to stay in the water. Obviously, one, because I'm topless. So, like... (laughs) Well, another thing though, too, though she wasn't breathing hard or heavy to let him let him know that he was she was yeah. around. Then all of a sudden, you see the machete go to his to her head and lifts her out of the water a little bit, just see yeah. uh, see some nudity, and then it goes back and she goes <laughs> underwater and everything, and then it goes into the next scene. But I liked to me some of the kills are kind of comical with a dark, little bit of dark humor. Yes, and if you think about it, because of that scene. But then after that, you have the brother that's over there looking for a sister. That's when he knocks on the door. And, of course, they're also playing these drinking games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part, though, with the stoner, with the Asian dude, he looks at the black dude. He goes, you've been cheating on me. 
Because yes, I thought that scene. That's the thing. I thought this movie was so fun. Like, I definitely, I think I had to have watched this movie. I definitely watched this movie in college, like with a bunch of my friends and stuff. Cause like, that was like our big thing. Like we would always watch like horror movies. Like Halloween was our go-to like marathon of watching like all of those films. But like, I remember watching this movie and like, I was like, not that this is us, but I was just like, this is like, if we were to make a movie, this is how it would be like us just goofing off at a cab and like having way too much fun and then shit starts hitting the fan and none of us know what to do even though we've seen a horror movies a million times like exactly and we already know that people are gonna die or whatever but still we go in there we we are we know what we're expecting and that's exactly why this film works because we know what we're getting we know what we're paying for and mm-hmm. we're hoping for a thrill of a good time with jason uh, it's a simplistic story it's about a kid who drowns and then seeks revenge on the camp counselors that was involved with mm-hmm. it Just and like that's what i liked about, yeah right. i liked about this movie that it didn't dive didn't give like these characters so much of a backdrop like storyline mm-hmm. of like like you need to fail for these guys. Like, no, it was literally just like this dude wants to find his sister and he's stuck in Camp Crystal Lake because that's where she went missing. Like right. it wasn't any more or any less of that. And it was still Jason's movie, and that's why I enjoyed it so much. But it didn't repeat history of like having to give us the whole storyline of Jason and all that stuff. Like it was pretty much just like you guys know the character, you guys know Camp Crystal Lake. This is what happens. We're throwing these teen like young adults in there and like you guys can see a slasher and that's what this movie did so right it reminded me so much of like 80s slashers and i oh maybe it was too early or too late for its time i don't know but it was so good (laughs) yes most definitely but you know then here's another thing though too then you actually have the aging dude that's actually going into the i'm jumping around i don't care i had i'm having a good time but (laughs) you have the aging dude that goes down to the shed to uh, to find a uh, to find something, and he winds up knocking over a bunch of stuff. There's hockey sticks that he next accidentally knocks over, and he's thinking is uh, the ball bag that's over there, and everything that's in the Jason mask. He goes, "Oh, Ronnie, I'm just a uh, Trent. Uh, I I didn't mean to make the mess or anything like that." And next thing you know, it. Jason uh, goes on ahead, takes the ice pick, and just shoves it into his mm-hmm. throat. Yeah, that was like a tough scene. All these kills were like, like tough scenes to like watch because they're not like super like gruesome, but they're just like, ooh, like you can just like feel the pain. I feel like while watching it, in a sense. And I I love that scene though, also because one, I think that character himself was just like hilarious. Like he brought all like the comedic. He hit all his comedic notes. Yeah. I think so well, and. When he grabs a hockey stick and he's like, this is a man's sport. And he like starts playing with them when he turns around and he sees Jason. He's just like, this belongs to you, right? Like it goes with your costume. And I was like, this is just awesome. I wanted to see Jason kill him with the hockey stick Me instead too. of the ice pick. But I was just like, you know what? I'll take what I can get because that scene right there was just, I thought was really spot on and perfect. <laughs> You see, I thought the same thing. I thought Jason was going to do something with the hockey stick. He doesn't do it. Then, of course, after that happens, Jason goes up to the house and everything. The other, uh, the douchebag, ball bag guy is over there having sex with the girl, cheating mm-hmm. on her, cheating on his girlfriend and everything, you know? So, like, no big deal. And Jason's just, like, watching them do it. <laughs> like, that's my thing with Jason, too. I was like, he kind of is a little perv. 100%. He and because then again, I mean, those that's like all the kids were drinking and having sex and stuff, and that's how he died. But I don't know, I feel like either he was just like, I miss out on these times, or he's just like, 
I'm a little perv and I get off by killing people and watching them do it. So, and or he's get, just getting more pissed off underneath that hockey mask. Those yeah, no, exactly. Doing it yeah. Again. Those bastards yep. are doing it again to me and everything. Mm -hmm. They're going to make me want to go out there and kill them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what it seems like to me, you know? But then you know, another thing, too, then you ha know how much of a douchebag this other guy is, though, too. Because he's at, while the girl's riding him, goes, Oh, baby, you have perfect nipple placement. I'm like, Yeah, what? I thought that was so funny. I was like, What is this dude saying right now? He just kept talking about her boobs. Which, like, yeah, they were great, but, like, why were you so obsessed with her nipples? I was just, like, so odd, and I was just, like, I was, like, I, like, that was just, like, weirdly scripted. Like, I think that was, like, the only thing that I was just, like, mm. this, like, obviously it's not, like, the best horror script. But, like, for me, I was just, like, all right, this is just, like, becoming nonsense now. Like, but that's just that scene, at least. Right. I was just, like, all right, like. Like I, I think they were just trying to make the sex scene like funny, I guess. But it was just, it was just like a little too much for me because I was just like, all right, it was maybe funny like the first time you said it, but you said it like three different times while doing right. it. Like he really liked those nipples. <laughs> downstairs, you have the other black dude that's over there trying to get off and everything. And well, looking, looking at panel. like a nature magazine of like an older woman, I was just like, this is just like hilarious. Like, I I, th I thought that scene was pretty funny. Like, and then when they storm in, he's just like, what? Like, <laughs> like you guys caught me at a wrong bad time. Like, but no, like, like that scene, I did not mind. And the whole sex thing, like scene, like that was fine. But when he commented on her nipples like ten different times, I was just like, okay, this is just nonsense yeah. now. Like, let's get back to the killing. Like, exactly. Okay, let's go in and kill these two people off, and then we don't have to worry about them anymore. Yeah, let's move on from this. And then you know, another thing too that I have to have that I laugh about is the fact when the when finally. They realize when people are getting killed, the black dude is over there with a frying pan and everything. Dude, he was like smart though. He was yeah, one, he was the fucking. They told he told the brother dude literally told him like, dude, like don't go out there. Like, why is no one listening to this guy? Because he's very smart. Like, don't go out there. Like, don't do this dumb thing. Like, we just saw him carrying a dead body, and even when they were at when. Him and that girl were at the camp, and they saw Jason carrying that like the headless body. Like he kept kind of wanting to look for more, and I, and she was like, "No, we need to go. We just saw someone like a dead body." And he's like, oh, "Wait, like kind of like still wanting to ponder." But I was glad he wasn't like dumb. Like, okay, like no, we should stay here. Like he was like, "No, let's actually go back to the house too." You're right. Like, and so exactly. like when they get to the house, like him and the girl, the only smart characters in this whole film, that especially him, just like don't go out there like you can't sacrifice yourself like but i thought that dude going out there with the frying pan was so clever until he dropped it i was like he's screwed but when he was in the shed or the boathouse or whatever it was yeah. he would he's got some moves he was like bobbing and weaving from jason i was just like damn this dude might actually get away real quick or like might have a little bit of a chance right but uh then we see the hatchet get thrown at his back, and I'm like, yeah, okay, never mind. Yeah, Jason is just like a freak of nature. He has great bowing arrow skills and can throw a hatchet. I guess he's really good at uh, axe throwing. So who knew that? <laughs> um, and like when he's in that scene too, like when he's like screaming for help, and his friends are like, they're like, what do we do? Like we have to go out there and help him. And the brother said it perfectly. He's like, they like Jason is using him for bait. 
Like, he wants you to go out there and help him, which is so true. Like, I wonder, like, if you were in, like, like, if any of us were in that position, like, what would we do? Because, like, I mean, if it was someone, like, I loved, I would probably just be an idiot and go out there, even though it is complete bait. And I would know that. Yeah, just because I know at this point from watching so many horror movies that, like, don't feed into the bait. But you just, like, obviously, if it's someone you care about, you have to, like, risk it for the biscuit. But if it was just someone I was just like, hmm. That's okay. I'm going to be like, nah, it's, it was your fault for going out there in the first place. We told you not to. Like, Exactly. We told you what you need, don't need to be doing, mm-hmm. and here you're, doing, here you're doing stupid stuff. So guess what? You, you, do stu- you go on ahead, you do stupid games, you get stupid prizes. So, you know. Um, <laughs> Ooh, did you see I, what uh, oh. Nisa put in the chat? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to. So, okay, I'll let you go first. Do you think you would survive through Camp Crystal Lake? Honestly, maybe this is just me sounding cocky, but like, and maybe because I'm also reading uh, the final girl support group, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I have like personality wise, not that I'm like a slope and like paranoid and stuff like that, but like, I feel like I have final girl vibes. I feel like I don't play into that stereotype of like being like ditzy or anything like that. I don't know. I feel like I could survive because I've also like seen so many horror movies and like I know the tropes. And I actually have a book that's like on my bookshelf and it's literally titled How to Survive a Horror a horror Film or something like that. Um, <laughs> and so I've definitely read that too. I don't know. Personally, I think I would, but throw me in that position, probably not. I would like to think I would. But what, what do you th- like? What do you think? Do you think you could? If I'm surviving with you. I have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think horror movies. Well, you're like a. Like that you seem like a, a big, strong dude. I'm yeah. small, so like I'd be able to like fatigue and hopefully be right. able to run fast. <laughs> like I feel like you at least have like the muscles to like help yeah. me back each other up. So I feel like we would yeah. be like a good pair in a sense. I think so like too. we would help each other survive. Yeah, and not only that, but I would also keep an eye on bear traps and stuff like that. I'd be getting a stick to make sure. Yeah, okay, so yeah, you're smart. I would be the dumb person to not look at the ground while I'm running. Actually, eh, well, I'm also like, really blind, looks- too, and especially at nighttime, it's like very hard to see. Like I have my glasses right here. I just True. don't really wear them because of the glare on the uh, So it was nighttime, light, but- <laughs> maybe not so much. I wouldn't be doing that. But daytime, <laughs> yeah, I would be getting a stick and looking and seeing. Well, no, so you're smart though, at least. So you got like right. the hunting skill <laughs> vibes with you. So you're good. Yeah, and I also we use landmarks. Good... Here's the thing: I I use landmarks wherever I go to find my way back. Yes. So, yep. so that's another thing that I got. So, yep. No, yeah. see, yeah, we got this. Yeah, I've always wanted to like make a horror film, so like I feel like that's why I would survive. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, throw me in that situation. <laughs> Maybe not so much. I don't know. It's like it's funny. Like if you just say like you have the fight or fl- the fight or flight situation, I think I would have like the I'd be able to escape situation. I'm not. Exactly. I'm gonna try to kill this dude. I'm gonna try to run away from this dude. But then again, I might also have that like panic and freeze situation. <laughs> that is like right. um, I'm watching it all like unfold, and I'm just like, what do I do? Like, right, because sometimes it can actually hit you blindsided. It's like, okay, I don't know what the heck to do. Yeah, I'll just die. I'll just play, yeah. and I'll let him chop me. <laughs> it up. might just be easier if I just get chipped <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> right. uh, Nessa says she probably has like a 50 50 chance of surviving. 
Yeah, it definitely depends. Like, mm. I mean, I like to think I would, but like I said, it definitely depends like who I'm with. Like the st- the stereotype of people. If I'm with like a jock, a stoner, and some ditzy chicks, I think I got a good chance. Right. But like right. if I'm with like a bunch of like smart, intelligent people that like oh have great like wood bait like woods based knowledge and like or nature, like people, they would probably have to save me. So I guess it just like all depends, but I, I love horror films so much that I feel like I would be able to escape. So I don't know. Exactly. I'd also probably trip over a stick and then be screwed and just get dragged out right away. So, but yeah, then you wind up seeing the other, here's another thing though, too. When you think of survival and stuff like that, you're wondering, you're all kind of things are going through your mind is like, I got to be quiet. So that way, Jason won't come near me or anything like that. So I have to keep my mouth shut. And also, too, I got to watch my surroundings. But how do I do that while there's a maniac chasing me? Yeah. So there's a lot of things to be at check. Yeah, no, definitely that, too. And I don't have a great scream. So that's why I think they would also let me survive. Because, like, <laughs> people that have, like, great screams, they die. Because they, they make it sound so much more gruesome and stuff. Like, I wouldn't. So... Mine would probably be like a manly scream because I have like a raspy voice. So like they would be like, no, you could survive because no one wants to hear you screeching. So like. We're a great character arc as long as you don't scream. Exactly. So. <laughs> but, you know, another thing too, whenever it comes down to this, you actually have the cop that comes in over there to check on him, on them. And then, of course, we wind up finding out that the cop winds up dying with, with Jason and everything. And then, of course, the douchebag ball bag guy gets finally gets what he deserves the machete goes all the way through him and right, then so, yeah yeah and he puts him on that the uh what right the tow truck okay yeah, so when truck. that scene happened when that tow truck came up i thought that was jason in the car and that tow truck <laughs> what did you think because he was just didn't say anything and just reached hmm. his arm out and was just like like, come here. Like, creepy. Like, right. no one leans out the window or opens the car door or anything. I would have been like, no, nah, I'm going to keep running. Oh, I'm going to yell to you at least. Like, help me. Like, well, if it was Michael Myers, I could see it in a sense. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say Michael Myers. Did I say Michael no, no, Myers? No, 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 no. I mean, I'm, no, no, no. You said Jason. But what okay. I'm saying is this I could see maybe possibly if it was Michael Myers driving the tow truck, I could see him motioning to her. But yeah, Jason's true. a total different complex, has a different complexity to him. Very, so, very true. Yeah. You know, Michael has a way of luring people into his traps. Not saying Jason doesn't, but Jason's pretty much in your face the whole time, kind of. Yes. Yeah. And, and of course, we're dealing with Michael Myers, who's basically the shape who actually just stalks you and then he just shows up unannounced. Now, Jason, right. whenever I saw that scene, and everything. I was like, there's no way that's Jason because Jason's right behind her and everything chasing, uh, well, you know, chasing him, basically. Yeah. And so when Trent finally... Yeah, so true, the, Dad, like, what? <laughs> finally, whenever he puts Trent on the tow truck and everything, I'm, and then it cuts over to the scene and you see it's that creepy guy that's in that town. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that makes sense, though. It makes sense for him to cover up for Jason because he's that creepy enough to actually try and think that he's actually doing something nice for the town by covering up the crimes that need to actually be hushed. That is, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that is so true. No, that is, yeah. 
holy shit why did i not think about that yeah that is like so true he definitely is like helping him out in a sense yeah and think of it like this in the 1970s version of friday the 13th we had the creepy guy in the diner on the bicycle yeah and this one they did him a little bit better by giving him a little bit more to do versus him just being the creepy guy on a bicycle. He's just on a tool truck helping Jason, keeping everything quietly. Yeah, so I didn't even think about good. that. Damn, yeah, that is, yeah, no, that is 100% it. He definitely is helping him, like, towing their cars, like, to make it look like they just disappeared. Like, there's no trace or evidence, kind of, in a sense. Damn, that, he's so clever. <laughs> 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 but, you know, and then we wind up, of course, getting the under- underground tunnel scene and stuff like that, going through everything with the brother. So and the- creepy, but it also is. so cool at the same time. I mean, I would, I want to go visit under there, but at the same time, I never want to be in the position to be under there. So <laughs> the only way I would be under there is if Rambo was under there from Last Blood. That would be the only way yeah. that I would be under there. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely need like a SWAT team with me from right. on every corner and edge of me. So I know I'm good. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, this movie is, like we said, it's clever. It knows what it is. And it's not a misidentity of what this movie is. And then finally, we get to the climax of it all finally we actually have everything coming together especially whenever they go back over to that pervert's house Mm. and everything and then they decide to go on ahead and trap him in a bear trap and then wrap the uh the chains around him Mm -hmm. and get sucked into that uh cutting machine yeah dude i loved i loved that scene i was just like and one because i was just like I'm like, is he going to die? Like, I couldn't, like, obviously, I couldn't remember. And I was just like, I was like, oh, my God, they're actually going to get away. Like, they're going to, I guess, in a sense, like, get their happy ending. But these dumb motherfuckers, after they pretty much, at least they think he, they kill him, let's just go drag his body to the dock. Yeah. And just stand over his body for a few minutes and then dump Dump his body in the lake. Like, you motherfuckers. (laughs) Like... In a sense, they were kind of covering it. Yeah. What did you say? In a sense, I was kind of expecting it because I'm like, okay, so they can't have that iconic scene where Jason's popping out of the out of the boat or uh, when he's a kid because he's an adult. So you have to have that one jump scare, that one final jump scare, saying, "I'm still alive." So I was Mm -hmm. actually waiting for it. But yeah, they are dumb on that level of just standing over the body then they roll him onto the out of, off the dock and then all of a sudden he just pop, jumps out of the water up coming up from the dock and the next thing you know yeah. it it cuts to black and i forgot that scene happened and but like i liked i liked it cuz at first i was like well these dumb motherfuckers like why <laughs> don't you guys just leave afterwards and then maybe at the end of the movie just him like walking out or something like he's still alive but like no i liked it that it it played very much to like the 80s version of Friday the 13th and Jason Voorhees of that like popping out out of the water and like stuff like like it played so well with it that it was so yes. perfect and can we just like talk about that underwater scene I thought was shot so mm-hmm. beautiful can I swear or no yeah yeah you can I, I thought it was honestly I thought it was so fucking beautiful like it his was. body just like sinking down the mask when the ma- like he kicks the mask off and it just floats down I was like this is like such oh I just like metaphor you know what it, I don't even me know. Of? it was just so beautiful I thought 
Well, you know what it reminds me of, right? It ha- kind of reminds me of Jaws in a way because of the fact you have yeah. that uh, calmness into the water. Mm-hmm. It's like the calm before the storm kind of thing. Yes, and that's and, definitely what they were going for too, I feel like. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. And I'm like, it's the calm before the storm. There's no way that they're not going to go, that he's going to die. Because they got to do other sequels after this. Yeah, which I'm sad and, that we haven't got. But keep finish what you're saying, because we'll talk about that after. Right, <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I figured that by now we would actually get it. But then, then of course, we wind up losing the licensing from Paramount yeah. and everything. And now there's also a war with the video game franchise because of the uh, stuff that they use in that. And let me just say this. I used to play the Friday the 13th video game. But there were so many bad glitches. There was 10-year-old oh, kids man. on that on that game that should not be playing that game. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like kind of like, uh, I, I forget what the video game is, but like when a bunch of people can play. Yeah. It, yeah, it's just, like, to me that was weird. Yeah, like you can talk to people and stuff. Like Right. Now, the cool thing that Dead by Daylight did was, guess what? You cannot talk to each other See, unless like you're that. in like a group chat. If you're in a group yeah, chat see, that's you, smart, yeah. with friends, you can do that. But you cannot be the if you're the killer you're, uh, or anything like that. You can. Uh, there's no talking or anything like that, which is something I wish that they would have done with Friday the Thirteenth. And get this: there were people that were actually trying to make deals with me in the uh, chat one time <laughs> off of the Dead by Daylight because I'm the killer. And the kid is like, I never will forget it. The kid goes on ahead and says. Do not uh, kill me or anything. I'll make a deal with you. I'll give you blood points if you go. In. I said, I'm not that kind of killer kid. Yeah, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm here to do some killing. Like, <laughs> right. I was like, dude, I'm not here to reason with you. I'm here to do a job. And yeah. And that's exactly <laughs> sorry, how I am. Yeah. If you're in a real situation with the killer, there ain't, there ain't <laughs> no, no reasoning. Yeah, right. there is no bargaining in that case. Like. But let me tell you something that's funny that happened to me on a glitch for Friday the 13th. There was a glitch where the characters were actually flying. I'm serious. I was actually that's trying to record it. Is it like Chronicle? <laughs> that movie Chronicle? They can just right? fly and stuff? Because, okay, we were about to escape. Then all of a sudden you see them in the car. Next thing you know, it it looks like they're driving, but the person is actually just being levitated in in the motion of driving. And she's going through the cabin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They definitely need to fix those glitches. Hopefully they have. I mean, who knows at this point, but that's, that's so bizarre. I just feel like Dead by Daylight's the better game. Now I need to like watch that. Oh my gosh. I mean, watch, I need to watch the gameplay. I want to play this game now. What am I saying? And the cool thing is you get um, Amori. Amori. Uh, basically, you're allowed to kill all the survivors if you hang them up there twice by your hand versus hanging them up on the hook and letting the entity kill them. Oh, sna- yeah. This sounds really cool. You it have to send definitely. it to me afterwards so I can like look this up. Yeah. A matter of fact, I have a couple of gameplay videos on, not on this channel, but on my other channel that I have for my personal use. And I'll send that over to you back when they yes. first started out. But they've yes, done a I'm lot better say. job and everything to be honest with you but um as far as this movie goes i love it i wish that we got a sequel out of this it deserved a sequel yes. and they got the right person to play jason 
You yes. got a six foot tall dude that could shadow over them mm -hmm. and everything. And he was, he felt menacing. He felt threatening. He felt everything I wanted to feel in a Jason Voorhees movie. Yes. Nope. Same. I completely agree. I thought this movie was so underrated. I think it's a great sequel remake reboot. I mean, it's not even, it's not a reboot because they kind of flashback to it. Uh, like showing like, just the real quick what happens in 1980 to like present day. I don't know. To me, it was just like such a great like sequel remake in a sense because it doesn't take itself so serious. It hits all the right notes and beats of an 80s slasher film. And you get to see Jason like move fast and be fast. And you get to see him with his two different masks, which I thought was so cool. And it just, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't take itself so serious that it, this is a movie about, Jason Voorhees at Camp Crystal Lake. Don't go on his turf. If you go on his turf, bad things happen. And exactly. that's what I liked so much about this film. It wasn't like so deep. It didn't give us like so much. It wasn't so like character driven. It was like plot like given pretty much. It's like, all right, you're on Cape Crystal Lake. This is all what the bad stuff's happening. I liked that it was just like this guy is going to look for his sister. And that adds to the story of why they're mm -hmm. there. But the whole story is just watching Jason do all these crazy kills. And for that, Rotten Tomatoes, we need to talk. The audience who put those scores up, we need to talk because exactly. I don't know. I, I think they I were expecting know. more. I, I mean, I was That's reading the comments. Once you're talking about the Rotten Tomatoes stuff, I started doing some research and everything, looking at the comments. I'm like, oh, these characters are one dimensional and everything. They're painted by. That's the what I liked about it. I'm like, dude. I said, do you not know what you're watching? You're well, that's yes, exactly. Like, what do you mean? Like, have you like that was my thing? Is like you obviously don't know what you're watching, or you don't understand what Friday the Thirteenth is. Right. Like, yes, the characters are supposed to be one dimensional. That's what's so great about these films. Like, we're there to watch the kills and Jason exactly. do his thing, and that's what we got in this film. And I thought it was so cool. I thought it was shot greatly. Yeah, the script isn't the best, but it's not like we're having Jason talk nonsense or anything like that. So I'm good. Like I just it was a fun movie that was definitely a throwback to 80s slashers. Definitely. And you know what though? I'm gonna mention this. My friend Jason Pitts, who's an independent director, he's actually making Voorhees the Night of the Beast. He's Ooh. making a uh, fan made Jason Voorhees film right now Dude, that sounds awesome maybe and, i can be the final girl so i don't have to scream hey i'll try and see if i can set that up for you <laughs> hey let me know <laughs> <laughs> but you know what he's adding into it though sasquatch he's making that's, jason okay Fahey. that's awesome Big yeah see that see that's like what we need more in it that's what i mean like these films don't need to take themselves so serious like exactly. and adding bigfoot i think is just a great touch definitely I want to see that movie when it's made. Hopefully I can be in it. But if not, I want to see this movie when it's made. <laughs> He's filming it right now. I'll let you know as soon as possible. Uh, Jason yes. Pitts is a great director. I watched his movie Alone. It's actually on YouTube right now. You can watch that film for free. It's getting a lot of buzz at in independent film festivals right now. So Ooh, and also let me, Hold on. Let me look this up. I feel like, is it when did it come out? It's like fairly new. Um, I actually got to interview him a couple of months back. Okay. Um, Just type in Jason Pitts alone and it'll pull it up. Alone Jason Pitts. Because I feel like I've seen this movie. 
I know I I'm like stalling time. I'm so sorry. No. Uh, Nessa says, I may have been born in the 2000s, but I love classic films, especially from the 80s and 90s. Same here. I was born in um, 85, so I've got a lot of that 80s nostalgia factors and stuff like that, 90s, 2000s era, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm, I was born 93, but like, for me, like, I, I, and I think everyone will tell you this, like, who knows me, like, I'm definitely like an old soul, like, I love like, eight, like, I, I I should have been born in, like, the 60s or the 70s to grow up in the 70s and the 80s and, like, the early 90s because, like, stuff like this is, like, such my jam. Like, I love, like, these 80s slasher films so much. I think they're, like, they don't get enough credit and they're such, like, cult classics that, oh, they're just so good. I agree with you 110% on that. And also, too, I mean... You want to know who's actually playing Jason though, and for Jason Pitt's film? Yes, who? It's it's an actor who played on Stranger Things. He played the EMT driver off of season one, I believe. Oh, that's that's pretty cool then. And this dude is buff and everything. This dude is giving one hundred ten percent is all into it. Because when I interviewed him with Jason and everything, uh, matter of fact, you can actually find that interview on this channel and everything too. So check that out. But this, I like the dedication that this dude's doing for Jason. He's giving him the build, the physique of Jason. He understands how Jason, he's trying to understand how Jason moves. He's doing everything right. Mm -hmm. See so, that now that's awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that one out. Cause this is like, honestly, this is like one of my favorite Friday the 13th films. Same. Like so, definitely. Maybe this this new one that your friend's making, maybe it will be like my second favorite or third. Top five, maybe. There's so many Friday the 13th exactly. films, it's ridiculous. But definitely <laughs> not complaining at all. <laughs> Me either. So uh, is there any other final thoughts as far as this film goes or anything like that? I just want to make sure that you have your points out that you want to actually touch on one last time. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just, I enjoy this book. I think it's so underrated. I think it combines the first three films of the Friday the 13th uh, franchise so like neatly and smoothly. It doesn't take itself so serious. We get to see Jason with the potato sack mask and we see get to see him with his mask, like his iconic uh, hockey mask. Like you just, for me, you get all these like crazy gnarly kills. We get to see Jason actually moving fast, which makes more sense. We get to see like a smarter version of him kind of with the traps that he makes and stuff. To me, this movie, everyone know, needs to go rewatch it, I think. I think even though it made the money in 2009, I just don't think people appreciated it as much as they should. Because like you not. said, I don't think people knew what they were getting themselves into. But like, if you're a fan of just like 80 slashers, like this movie is for you. I, I definitely agree with you. And Nessa also says people nowadays are too wimpy to watch a good horror film. I think it depends on the tone on what they're going for. And stuff like that. I think you can ease somebody into a horror film, but it has to be the right kind to actually slowly get them into it. Yeah. And that's why I start off with like, don't breathe, something small to build mm -hmm. up to. Well, that's the thing though, too, is a lot of newer slasher, I mean, a lot of newer horror films, I should say, are going with more of the psychological, like thriller look on it and are like smarter films. That actually like make you kind of think this is a movie that you can just like watch for like a like a good jump scare or a good like kill like these are the movies like this is just like a, a good slasher movie i think Same. that is just isn't appreciated enough 
I agree with you. It's definitely underappreciated. It didn't deserve the hate that it got. I saw this movie in twice in theaters. Like I said, I went to the midnight showing with a buddy of mine and everything. And then I went out on a date on in February 14th and took the, the person I was dating at the time Sorry. to this film and everything. So, you know, I saw this movie twice in theaters to support <laughs> this film. I was actually the reason why this movie made bank the way it made bank. I was say, at- you're the one that gave it the $40 million opening <laughs> right, weekend. I exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's my final thoughts and my final take on this film. Go on ahead. If you haven't che- seen the 2009 version of this, go on ahead and check it out. I have it on Blu-ray and everything, but I don't know where it's streaming at. Uh, did you have to rent this movie, or do you know where it's streaming? Yeah, so I actually watch it on HBO Max. Okay. Is where so I HBO watched Max it. Is, so HBO Max is the place to go. So I know people hate means, on it, but it's actually got good stuff on it, people. <laughs> it's worth the buck. <laughs> so with that being said, where can everybody follow you at and everything? Yeah, you got, well, thank, what? by the way, thank you for having me on for a second time, because this was so fun, and I'm glad I can talk, like, horror movies with a fellow horror lover, so that's always nice when you have that, but yeah, no, you guys can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at FrontPageNews9, and I also run my own movie blog on Instagram titled Feature Flicks, uh, without the C, and you guys can check me out in the Schmodown, guys, Boston Badass, coming your way. Exactly. And tell Sam I said hi, even though he doesn't know me. But <laughs> I've been following. But, okay, thank you. I do appreciate that. <laughs> but anyways, guys, if you guys want to, go on ahead and donate to St. Jude's Hospital and everything. And the link below. I teamed up with Two Blur Girls Podcast. They're doing their Malcolm X review for the book and everything that they read up on and everything. They're actually doing their show right now. But go on ahead, donate a couple of dollars towards St. Jude's Hospital, buy some Scentsies, and all the stuff goes over to St. Jude's. And then, of course, guys, if you want to, go on ahead and follow me on Facebook, on Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Night over there. And then also, too, underneath the same brand on Pinterest and on Instagram as well. You can get an audio-only episode of this where you guys get your podcast from. Also, too, rate me on Good Pods. That's a new app if you're into uh, podcasting or if you listen to podcasts and stuff like that, rate me on Good Pods. You can actually rate individual episodes of each thing and comment and like. Matter of fact, I've been helping Christian Harloff a lot with his rankings. He's actually ranked number 35 right now. So I'm trying to help him build up his rep on Good Pods and everything. And I've been tweeting the poor guy out every single time I turn around when it comes down to the big thing uh, podcast. But go on ahead, show him some support as well. He deserves it. Then, of course, go on ahead and do this for me, guys. Just go on ahead, follow me on Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unit over there. Of course, if you're a sponsor or would like to get in touch with me on the show, just go on ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. Don't forget to smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. Also, too, there's actually a little button here on YouTube that – now, for some stupid reason, they decided to add a bell. So without that bell, if you don't click that bell, you're not going to know when we are actually doing uh, YouTube shows or anything like that. So therefore, yes, it you notifies that- you people, so you'll have exactly. a reminder. Thank you for that, Paige. I do appreciate that. Backing me up, I like that. <laughs> so, hey, Boston Strong. So, exactly. with that, so with that being said, guys, go on ahead, 
hit smash that like button, smash that share button, let everybody know about Movie Lovers Unite, follow Paige on her blog, follow her, also to support her on the Movie Trivia Schmodown, she's a great competitor, I've been rooting for her, so go on ahead, follow her, do all that other stuff, always until next time guys, it's been real, it's been fun, I can't wait to do this again, and bye-bye. Later.